0: Today's episode uh, should maybe be taken with a grain of salt, maybe a pound of salt, Uh, because I opened a bottle that said, you know, don't ingest any of this, you know, if you operate heavy machinery, and I'm like, I'm not driving a bulldozer today, I'm fine. And for the most part, the show went really well, until the last part of the podcast, revolving around george washington's
1: hair yeah you have to think that the the effects of the medication you can feel them slowly increasing throughout Uh, the episode
0: yeah (laughs) this might be one for the records uh you know or 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 possibly you know at my tribunal before i go into the gulag possibly Mm -hmm. Uh, but you don't want to miss today's uh, episode really good story uh, that we begin the episode with ...on how the Suez Canal was built. And it revolves around a really fat kid, a Frenchman, and macaroni. How do you get the Suez Canal out of that? Oh, believe me. I found a way. It's a great story. We also talked to a sheriff down in Arizona on the border. Some really frightening things happening on the border. And we need to wake up. And I uh, put a plea out in uh, that segment of the show. And then, of course, George Washington's hair Where. It all goes to hell. (laughs)
1: Uh, From there It's (laughs) very true Uh, PlaysTV.com Slash Glenn The promo code is Control You'll save 20 bucks off That special is still going on Make sure to take advantage of it And uh, rate and Review this podcast I mean We're going to hope You just put it in For five stars I don't know After today We'll see
0: (laughs) It could be like Whoa I don't know what happened We're telling you now Yeah Drugs Mm. Don't Play this episode For your kids And say (laughs) This is what happens
1: (laughs) And tonight On Studios America uh, We're going to have We're going to go into The George Floyd thing a little bit because today was not the right day to go for some reason Stu kept saying let's
0: (laughs) not you shouldn't comment on this no one's thinking about that Floyd thing that's That's not a big story not at all all.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, make sure to subscribe to Stu Does America as the podcast as well you can rate and review there as well we'd appreciate it Uh, here's the podcast (laughs) good luck you're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program
0: Is the Glenn Beck program with some good news. Uh, they just colon blowed that thing out of the canal. So it is free. Yay. Yay. It's free. $9 billion a day in trade were blocked by that. And all they needed to do, Egypt needed a little bit of fiber. And mm. they won't get blocked uh, like that ever again. And uh, I think that's uh, that's a good thing. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Okay. <laughs> So we, um, uh, we're here with Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, welcome to the program, Pat. Thank you. Good to be here, Glenn. So uh, I, I uh, was at church yesterday, and uh, I'm about to lose my mind on the whole mask thing. Yeah, I talk about this almost every week after church because yeah. I am coming out of my skin for yeah. that hour. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I yeah. I hate the mask. It's so hot. Yeah, it's so hot. It's and so hot. Then and you
1: start singing in it. Oh, well, I'm not going to. I with the mask. I'm not singing.
0: <laughs> my I'm not do first of all, we're every other pew, so we're already right. We're, we're a million miles away from everybody. Yep. The six the six foot thing it was arbitrary. It's Mm -hmm. three it's three feet for the uh, uh, for the WHO. Why aren't we going with WHO standards? I thought they were so great anyway. Mm -hmm. So we're sitting there and we're singing and then people start coming up. Did you get the vaccine yet? Have you had the vaccine? No. Oh, you're going to get the vaccine. No, you're not going to get the vaccine. No, I've already had COVID. I had COVID. My whole family had COVID. We were (laughs) for a long time. We were sick. We had COVID. I got it. So you're not going to get the vaccine. No, I'm not going to get the vaccine. <laughs> Why when are you your kids going to get it? My kids aren't going to get the vaccine. My kids. Well, you, so you're not you don't want you don't want your family to get the vaccine. No, it's not that I don't want my family to get the vaccine. We already had don't covid. Need don't need it. We don't need it. <laughs> uh, you know, if if I wanted to get it, maybe I would. I I don't recommend to my kids that they get it because it's generally good. Uh, with kids i mean yeah. my my it's kids don't need it it's not that big of a deal so when are you gonna get it <laughs> 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 oh. and nothing has changed uh. here in texas nothing has changed yeah pat and i were just Very talking about little. this
1: because they they did this big remember joe biden did this neanderthal thinking speech yeah where he was saying that texas opening up to 100 was going to cause the you know, a crash oh, of all humanity. There are going to well, be top
0: piles of dead bodies on every street. <laughs> and and I will tell you that we still club women here in Texas, and then yeah, well, just drag them by their hair. And obviously, everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah, of course, that's so a, we do that. Nothing's not <laughs> saying that that, was with, that's with or without a mask. Yes. So mm-hmm. yeah, and that
1: was way before COVID. <laughs> I mean, we've been doing that since 1836. <laughs> and now we had 18 consecutive days of downward motion in our numbers here in Texas in hospitalizations, in infections, in death, in all of Opposite, it's all going down. The opposite happening in Michigan right now, where the numbers are going up uh, considerably, uh, hmm. where, where they have not been open 100%. Hmm. And it's funny because uh, there's two ways this has gone. One is the Neanderthal thinking. Gavin Newsom saying this is a reckless yeah. behavior and all this nonsense. Everyone thinking that it was going to blow up. And, you know, all of us in Texas sort of yawning and rolling our eyes. And on the other hand... nothing has really changed. No. I mean, uh, well, you, can, that's, yeah, you can have more people in a restaurant. That's about it. That's the other side. I see yeah, a lot and, of people right? using this as like, well, this proves lockdowns don't work. Not really. We didn't have lockdowns before this, and we don't yeah. have them now. It really yeah, doesn't and, seem any different than it was before we made the speech.
0: Jew, what they think is the right thing to do they do so you know the, the the texans are not all walking around just like i've got a french kiss everybody i see today <laughs> it's not happening no. it's not happening they're still wearing masks
1: and then i'm gonna shoot him with my six gun <laughs> that's not what happens here yeah, it well
0: well once in a while yeah once, in, once a while, in a the while the shooting with a six gun but only those who deserve it <laughs> right right. <laughs> right hey by the way speaking of guns did you hear about Hunter Biden's gun? You know, the. Yeah. Why do you say it that way? Like yeah, a, well, With an accusatory kind of. Because like, what do you think? We're stupid. Is that. Well, I don't th- think there's a lot of people informed. In, I don't think there's a lot of people in the audience that do know this. Uh, OK. <laughs> now I don't want to share it. Now wow. I, don't want to share it. I feel judged. No, I, this, is no. <laughs> this is an unsafe environment. This is an unsafe environment. I didn't environment. mean to make you feel uncomfortable. Well, I Glenn, feel I, and I it's uh, my feelings that really matter, <laughs> even though anyway. my apology won't matter. Either. So <laughs> so you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, while the president is pushing gun control, I would just like to stop at the little Hunter Biden mm. story that we apparently talked about a long time ago, and I'm going to pretend that I don't remember it. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. Why uh, would you pretend that you don't remember
1: talking about it? <laughs> you like to take credit for every prediction that you've made. Well, uh, I'm going to pretend. I, I
0: read a story, and they were like, the only people that were talking about this was Glenn Beck and the Blaze and the, all the research they did during the the impeachment, and the, they were the only ones that talked And I'm like, damn right, <laughs> damn right I don't... you didn't remember the uh, oh of course i of course I do. you did You're anyway pretending not to. the story begins in 2018 with Haley biden now Hallie, Haley, haley i think why don't Isn't you it? tell the story Is haley? why don't you just mm-hmm. tell it why don't you just tell the story well, no. It's your story. I'm
1: just helping with it. Well, you remember did the you story hear from the when mac- you initially talked about it so you, often. Right? <laughs> right. It was you, Who that are broke you the to story.
0: And by the way, did you hear my macaroni story on the Suez Canal a few minutes ago? Uh, <laughs> don't correct my stories. Uh, right. Okay. They are airtight. So, <laughs> okay. so Hallie Biden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With Bo Biden, mm-hmm. you want to correct me there? No. Okay. So Bo is uh, Bo's dead, and Hallie, the widow starts you know th- with Hunter, mm. and uh she's going through Hunter's truck due to a quote suspicion she had. hmm now we don't know what that suspicion she had was, uh, but then she found a thirty eight revolver, and uh it belonged to him, and apparently it just ended up in a trash can behind a grocery store across the street from a school it happens it happens <laughs> guns go off they by go themselves, and happens. sometimes they're like i am so sick of being i am not going to be treated this way and under a seat in a truck i am <laughs> i am worth more than that i want to be in that trash can across the street from the school behind the grocery store and so it went off now The police are saying that that kind of thing doesn't happen. So she returned to the store later to recover the gun as Hunter had directed her to do, but it couldn't be found. She told the grocery store about the missing gun. Could you imagine that conversation? Hey, um, did you guys find a (laughs) gun in your in your trash cans by any <laughs> chance. Can you imagine having that conversation? No, I've I mean, never. If somebody walks into a store and is like, if somebody came to me and said, hey, here at the studios, you know your dumpster in the back? Did you guys happen to find, you know, like some weapons in there? <laughs> I would immediately call the police. Right. You'd be like, for sure. Uh huh. Yeah. You know what we did? Why don't you wait here for about 10 minutes? <laughs> so she went to talk about the uh, the uh, missing uh, gun. And this is where things got weirder. The missing gun is uh, particularly uh, worrisome because the school is right across the street. They were afraid that it would be used you know by a uh, used in a crime. While police were questioning Hunter, he also appeared to uh, racially pro- uh, he also appeared to racially profile two Mexican grocery store employees telling officers they were probably illegals. So when the cops go to talk to Hunter about the gun that was in the, he immediately throws them under the bus. Oh, okay. All right. Then the police, uh, then the police and the FBI go in uh, and the police or the FBI tell the police, you know what? We got a federal investigation going on. And uh, so two Secret Service agents with badges and identification cards reportedly pay a visit to the gun store where Hunter bought the firearm earlier that month and told the owner to turn over the firearm transaction record from the purchase. Now, why would you do that? Oh, uh, we want no record of that. We'd like you to give us all the records on that. Well, the store owner yeah. was like, I don't think you actually want this for an investigation. <laughs> I'm guessing you want to make all this stuff disappear. So the store owner held on to the uh, paperwork uh, until the ATF came in and they reviewed the forms uh, and the Secret Service said, "Oh, we, no, we didn't send anybody out. We don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. We didn't, we didn't send anybody out." Uh, it also appears that Hunter may have lied on his federal background check. No, did I don't think there's no, no, any no. way. He, no, he, he may have lied. How is they may have lied? He said it's a little fuzzy on those federal <laughs> forms
1: <laughs> when they a- a- <laughs> ask you about. You know previous drug abuse, drugs, Uh, and you say no. When blatantly you're on record having convictions and stuff. When you were doing coke in a Hertz rental car that you turned Ah. back with coke lines still
0: (laughs) on the dashboard. (laughs) Clear. It's unclear. You could easily. It's like what is it? Are you an illegal alien? No, I'm not from space. Why would you call me an illegal right, alien? Right. Mm-hmm. And since when do we ban people from space coming? And can it no. be abuse when it's so much fun? No. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I yes. think it's abuse drugs. No. <laughs> no Damn it! They abused me for years. Uh, so. Uh, so now he answered no to a question in the firearms transaction record uh, asking if he was an unlawful user uh, user or addicted to marijuana any depressant, stimulant, narcotic drug, or any other controlled substance.
1: And his answer was no. His
0: answer was no. That's no. a felony. Uh, but don't worry, kids. He's part of the elite. He's not going to pay any price for that. I'm sure. Uh, but I just, I just love that this is uh, mm-hmm. coming out now. Uh, as Daddy is saying, we have to uh, tighten, tighten the uh, restrictions and ban certain guns ban certain yeah. guns yeah and I, I, but i just like we we have to really tighten the uh the background checks because as his own son has just proven people lie all the time people lie all the time <laughs> if you if you want a drug let's say you're a drug abuser and you want a gun you're gonna go find one and you'll buy it not necessarily from the gun store because you're already buying drugs from a drug dealer. <laughs> it's not like I've got my lines.
1: <laughs> my favorite one was this Boulder shooting. You know, one of the first narratives after they were like, oh, it's got to be a white guy. Once that went away, they were like, well, did you know that 10 days before the shooting, they uh, banned, they were, the a judge overturned an AR-15 ban mm. in Boulder and 10 days before that and this guy bought the the ar-15 like six days before that do you believe this well he bought it in another town where they didn't have an ar-15 <laughs> ban that, it didn't, that is why that is why it, we it's must have federal it no that's why we must have it federally i think yeah. it needs to be global because you know we or need to, we need to keep these borders open we can't right. have we can't come up with a disconnect as to why we're fine with open borders but we need gun laws all over here because obviously they could just bring the
0: guns across the well, border. It's not like you have nefarious people like drug cartels right, right, right. on the border that are <laughs> actively making money, right. Doing things, right. human trafficking, drugs, guns. There's none of that happening. Mm-hmm. No, no these no, are just no. good
1: people. Good people. Good, good, good people. Good people. Bringing people to a better life. Yeah.
0: <laughs> This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Recently, an Arizona sheriff named Mark Daniels shared an urgent letter on Facebook. And I would love for you to read the whole letter, but I want to share just a couple of excerpts from it. He writes, The current conditions on the border are impacting public safety in our communities and by any reasonable measure constitute a humanitarian crisis. We remain immersed in politics rather than solutions in Cochise County, Arizona. They have a sophisticated camera system along the migrant routes across the border. These cameras detect significantly more traffic than our federal partners report capturing. In fact, our estimates are that only 28% of the people crossing illegally are taken into custody. Now, I want you to think about the numbers that we have. Think about the numbers that have crossed already. If that's only 30%, The numbers are staggering. And where are these people? TCOs, transnational criminal organizations, are exploiting the migrant crisis to ensure the redirection of law enforcement resources away from the interdiction of illegal drugs into this country. They know that increased migrant traffic, especially children, overwhelms resources and essentially gives them the unfettered ability to traffic drugs into the U.S. Make no mistake. This is a deliberate tactic on top of a public safety and humanitarian crisis. We may now add a public health crisis. There should be an outcry from those persons who have expressed concern about the covid pandemic. Arizona's border sheriffs are not interested in the politics of the current crisis or perceived political ideological victories. We need policies from Washington, D.C. that discourage rather than incentivize undocumented in, uh, immigration. The time for politics and partisanship has passed. Sheriff Daniels is exactly right. The covid situation alone should be enough to seal the border, especially for those who are panicked over the covid crisis right now. We have in the center of Dallas, Texas, we have a convention center that is filled with illegal aliens who have not been tested and can come and go apparently as they please. Due to Mexico's extremely low rate of testing, we have no idea how bad it is. The death toll, however, in Mexico is probably around 300,000. Just last Friday, Argentina suspended flights from Mexico. All of our schools are closed. Yet migrants and minors are flooding over the border and we're housing them. And we are not giving money to the cities, especially down on the border. On President Biden's first day in office, he signed an executive order halting construction of the border wall. Now Sheriff Daniels is here to point out that the unfinished portions of the border have simply provided infrastructure, mainly roads for the drug cartels. It is, according to a study, it is now a multi-billion dollar business for these cartels, human trafficking. The same report finds that in order to pass through the territories of drug traffickers, migrants have to pay drug taxes or cartel taxes as much as $180 million a year. What are we doing Our elected leaders refuse to come back to common sense. Some issues must be apolitical, and this is one of them. And if they won't make it apolitical, we must insist that they do. And we must insist not to play politics on the border. Just talk about the real facts. Sheriff Daniels is uh, here with us now. Sheriff, how are you, sir? good glenn the letter says it all it really does it is uh, very very clear tell me what is happening in cochise county
2: well I, I to understand where we're at today it's best to understand where we came from and you hit it in your intro with me was the fact that president trump i worked this border for 37 years president trump was the first president to actually emphasize and do everything he can within his power to secure our border. Right. It's not immigration, two different programs, border security. And we were very close with him. Sheriffs, police chiefs, mayors, governors, um, DHS, cbp all the way through in his administration. When president, and we, we've come so far, we truly have it's the best has been the ranchers tell me. Everybody asks, well, how do you know it's the best it's been? First of all, our stats show us that second of all, the people live on the rural border down here, the ranchers, the farmers, the citizens say, this is the best it's been in three decades. So that's the best measure of uh, of a test. So we come up the current time, when President Biden signed the executive order day one, which obviously was politically driven, ideology driven, when he did that the first day, it sent a message to the cartels and those vulnerable people that, hey, and, that, hey we're coming across, we're opening up the border. And he stopped the construction on the border, which stopped subterranean technology, revenue, resources, and the physical barrier. Uh, my three checkpoints are shut down in my county. I got a border patrol t- station shut down in my county for respond to help my deputies. Mm. I got my AeroStat shut down. And I just learned Friday they removed me from the Homeland Security Council.
0: Oh, my um, gosh. Because
2: of the letter? I think it was a collective effort that... and. and They were wise at what they did. They removed the majority of every member on the Homeland Security Council, which was formed after 9-11, to help advise DHS for communities and for this country. So all but three people were left on the advisory council, the chair, vice chair, and a past chair. The rest of us got letters unannounced. And it starts off like this, Glenn. says, I'm honored to address you in the first paragraph. Second paragraph, it removes us. Um, What a kick. But it's the first time in history that a president, secretary, this administration has removed anyone from that council. And what a worse time. We're in a chaos crisis on this border. And you're going to take the group that's been selected throughout the country to help advise you into the future, help you navigate these issues, and then you remove them. Uh, so wait, 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 wait. So comes.
0: this is because I, I am concerned about the humanitarian crisis, but I am equally concerned uh i'm not blinded by that by what the drug cartels are doing but also the you know other than mexicans the the um iranians the syrians the fact that the drug cartels will smuggle uh, guns and drugs and terrorists into this country uh nobody's talking about those things so tell me this was developed after 9-11 what could their reason be for flipping everybody on that board
2: well and the first thing comes to my mind glenn is politics uh, political ideologies. They want to have their own. They don't. They want the avoidance of this and having people on that advisory council that speak very loud. Their their business, their consultants, their federal judges, all the people that have come through that, sheriffs, police chiefs that have been now removed uh, on that. It, it just that It silences that voice once again and one thing i've seen since this has happened is the lack of transparency the lack to share any kind of plans in fact in the letter it talks about we're going to develop a plan well don't you think any logic on this would you'd have a plan in place before you get rid of your current members who have served honorably have served i worked on the sub uh, the technology committee i worked on youth violence i worked on faith violence i mean spent a lot of time to help our communities and with us. Again, stroke of the pen, we're gone. We're gone. So again, it silences everything. There's there is no transparency with this. And I've spoke to DHS, at senior leadership. Uh, Working with the National Sheriff Association, we're in, we they have no answers for us. We're past due on questions and answers in this country.
0: I'm just, you know, Sheriff. I'm just looking at your uh, uh, your resume. Uh, you are uh, really, really. Uh, your background is is right. Exactly what we need, especially in a in a place like Cochise County. I'm stunned now that uh, they're they're not listening to you. Tell me what tell me what the border wall was doing and why it was so bad to stop it on day one. What is that done?
2: Well, besides sending a message to the cartel that we have an open border, and that's literally the message that's been sent. We hear that from those coming across illegally because the opportunity is now. And truly, they're coming across for that reason. In my county, um, when they stopped the physical barrier, the the technology and the resources, what that's done is left my border in disarray down here. President Trump was the first president after three decades to push beyond what the physical – Barrier was in the early 90s from Operation Stone Garden or Operation Stone Garden Excuse me, Operation Gatekeeper and Hold the Line were two programs that kicked off our physical barrier than what it is today. President Trump pushed beyond that, first president in three years or 30 years to do that. So by now we have a border that was under construction. We have six-foot uh, trenches, just wide open. We have uh, low-aligned areas where they're putting in bridges where the Cement culverts are in there, and they're putting the, the cages over so they can put the cement in there, and finish the bridges mm-hmm. That just sitting there, open uh, cables hanging out on the ground. It's in disarray. It's like building the house halfway and stopping and then walking away from the project. What worries us in a couple months when our, our monsoon season, our wet season hits, it's going to wipe out these, what they're supposed to put a brand new road along the southwest border here mm-hmm. in my county. That's not going to happen. The, the whole thing's a mess. We're in worse shape now than we were when we started uh, this uh, project, and so it's. And you said and that the board, there's. You
0: said that there is infrastructure that they the drug cartels are using the roads, et cetera, that were made for the construction. Is that in your that county?
2: Is, you you are correct. And what they did was up on the backside of a very very frequent smuggling area for the cartels because it's been concealed up there behind the mounds. They blasted roads, took them on six months to a year to put the infrastructure in behind the mounds back into the, the flatlands just to get the equipment and the trenching up there to put the fence in. Well, they got the infrastructure in, but they never got a chance to put the, the physical barrier in. So now we have, I call them walking paths that are better in most national parks mm. where they come up and walk right down to the flatlands. And uh, once again... Once again, it's, uh, there was no reasonable um, <coughs> closure to this, this project. And as a result of this, uh, we have chaos on our board, just on the, the technology and physical barrier side.
0: So nobody is talking, we are all talking about these kids in cages um, and the humanitarian crisis. What is left behind are these small communities that are right there on the borders that, that are getting dumped. All of these people are coming in. You know, it's a crisis because the federal government doesn't have space for them. Well, the ones that they really don't have space for, they're just putting on buses and they're just sending to cities all across the country. And the border towns are the first ones to get hit hard. And there is no help from the federal government.
2: There's not. You look back in 2019, Glenn, where the caravans and surges that President Trump uh, took on and addressed. In the first nine months, we had 141 countries hit our southwest border, and I got to say this: I know the focus is on the children. On the, in the first nine months, we had 3,500 children that were being exploited by the cartels. And what that means, they were coming across with a, an adult expedited into the country because they had a child with them. Mm-hmm. Then the children were brought back to Mexico and recycled back in the U.S. just to get people in the U.S. This cartel has its thumb and hand on everything going on in the southwest border. In my county, it's $6,000 a head to come across our country, into our country, excuse me. And then they become servant to the cartels, whether it be sex trade, drug. Uh, gangs enforcer whatever it may be and and unfortunately the national media is painting a picture of these, these poor kids and i agree i agree in 2014 when the cages first came alive that was actually under president obama obama and again we've evolved and i do like your point that it seems like nobody can fix this problem we have the most powerful leader in the country and that's our presidents but we fight it including president trump will put a lot of effort on this border I've gone through a lot of presidents in my 37 years. I'm telling you, it's it's rather disgusting because it's like we're left out of the U.S. when it comes to security, being American, uh, our constitutional rights are on the Southwest border.
0: What can the American people do to help you?
2: They need to stand up and be united because why were the attention of the national media uh, exclusively when it comes to the children? What's happening is everything going on the Southwest border, whether it's drugs, whether it's national security issue, whether it's a health pandemic issue, COVID whatever it may be, it's coming into your neighborhood. Uh, we might be the the gate to it all, but it's coming into your neighbors. They're not staying in my communities until they can find the means or the national, the non-government organizations can get them out of here. Right now, we see charter buses all the time, $1,500 uh, a hit to get kids out of our County, $1,500. You see almost every day, you're seeing them pulling out of my County. So the only thing holding my County right now, Glenn, uh, with some kind of balance is title 42, which is the health pandemic central travel only, which means internationally we restrict who's coming in the country. In Texas, What they're doing is the state below Texas and Mexico will not let the U.S. expel them back into their uh, state in Mexico. In my county, the state of Sonora is still allowing that. April 21st, that's supposed to expire. If that opens up, our southwest border will be flooded, not just in Texas, but flooded.
0: Mark, we will stay in touch with you. Um, uh, I'd like to talk to you some off the air, um, so... Uh, thank you for everything that you're doing, but we'll be in touch. We're not done uh, with the coverage, and, uh, and I appreciate your letter, and I appreciate your willingness to speak out. Stay safe, and uh, don't give up on the rest of America yet. I know you're not going I'm, to. I'm not going to. I have hope in my old. Thank you. Thank you. Mark Daniels. This is the best of the Glenbeck Program. They uh, they have dislodged the uh, the giant cargo ship in the Suez Canal. And the reason why I put you on duct tape alert is uh, because we may be having another co- toilet paper crisis. Now, <sighs> I mean, it's been I, a, it's been a year. Been why a year? not have uh, another one as just for the anniversary? Why not? Why not all go panic and buy a bunch of toilet paper? They're saying because of the Suez Canal being shut down, we may, the world may experience a toilet paper shortage. <laughs> and I have to, to tell you, um, there are many things, air conditioning being one of them. Um, I think air conditioning and toilet paper are my no-go zones. You know what I mean? If they say, Glenn, you can't have air conditioning and sorry, no more toilet paper, bad for the environment, I say, let the planet burn. Mm-hmm. Uh it's just, it's just my line, you know. Uh, indoor, one, in, indoor plumbing is uh, is also <laughs> is also on that line. Refrigeration, anything refrigerated, uh, you know, that involves any kind of refrigeration. My house, my actual refrigerator.
1: I mean, certainly, my electricity
0: car. would fall into this. You gotta have that. <sighs> well, if you could find another way to get the air conditioning running and the lights, I guess lights are also. I think there's a lot of of things on my... Here's what we're willing to do. (laughs) Nothing. Okay? We're not going to do anything I'm willing to separate my garbage, but not Uh, really. Not really. I'm going to put them in the same garbage can. I mean, I'll separate them, and then I'll put them in the garbage can, and then I'm knowing that my city is just going to dump them in the same place. Oh, yeah. The
1: only actual use for recycling is the extra garbage can you have more capacity yes that's the yes. only thing yes <laughs> yes and the gear they're usually big like the right. big green garbage can you yeah. can fit a lot of non-recyclables in right <laughs> and that's yes. so it's I great
0: it. it's great and uh so we appreciate uh the environmentalists for that anyway um they uh, uh they're now saying that toilet paper may be a shortage because of the suez canal and i'm wondering i'm 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 wondering Uh, Are those little teeny tugboats that they're using, are those really, is that the best we can do? I mean, as a planet, is that, has anybody thought of just taking a like a big old battleship? You know, one that we don't even care about. Make it like a demolition derby. And they're like, I'm going to take the battleship and I'm just going to ram that thing until it comes unlodged. (laughs) I mean, is this really the best we can do? Have you seen the little toot out there? Like, I can do it. I can do it. Can we get bigger boats? <laughs> it doesn't seem that intimidating. It like <laughs> doesn't.
1: You need to look, but I mean, I don't think <clears throat> destroying the boat in the middle of the canal Not would work very well. Really?
0: Because that's the way. I mean, you know the history of the Suez Canal. I have zero life. No. Zero life. And something tells me
1: you're about to confirm that.
0: I I am. <laughs> I, the Suez Canal is a fascinating story about how it came. It actually started because a kid was really really fat and his dad wanted him to lose weight and he hired a french guy to help him that's honest to god this is how the suez canal started his dad looking at his son he's like you are going to die from an early death this is in the 1800s okay when everybody when fat was beautiful so you can imagine how fat this kid had to be and uh, he's like, you're going to die from <clears throat> you're too fat. You're too fat. You'll never amount to anything if you're that fat. And uh, he couldn't get his son to stop eating. So he hires a French guy. Now, why would you hire a French guy to do it? The only reason why this French guy happened to be in town was because Napoleon was in town. It was it was Egypt. And so this French guy is like, oh, I, I can uh, help your son lose weight. Eh? And he gets to know the fat kid, and he likes the fat kid. And he's like, Look, uh, uh, don't tell, uh, don't tell your dad, but uh, I got a little pasta for you, huh? Eh? And so he starts feeding him macaroni. He, he smuggles in macaroni for the fat kid, and the fat kid's like, I love macaroni. Thank you very much. The French are the greatest. And, uh, and dad just thinks, my son, look, I am doing everything I can. Huh? And the uh, dad is saying, well, my son's not losing any weight. <clears throat> Don't look at me. So this goes on for a while. And then there's all kinds of wars and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, millions die. Sure. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Uh, and things change. Uh, and dad dies. And the fact he's like, oh, finally, finally, my dad's dead. And he becomes king. He's now the ruler of Egypt. And with all of these things that are changing, though, with the, the Crimea war and everything else, Um, There the planet is changing because everybody was getting all of their goods and services either over land and the Ottoman Empire was was really in trouble at the time. So those trade routes were being lost or you go down south around Africa, which took too long. So that's when the French guy who was strangely not a dietician. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what exactly he did. I think he was like an engineer. I mean, he was a guy who wanted to build the Suez Canal for a long time. And he says, look, I uh, smuggled the macaroni to you when your uh, papa was saying, hey, stop eating so much. It was me with the macaroni. And so the fact is like, okay, we'll build. I mean, I'm. This is the gist of it. You'd have to. <laughs> this isn't a historical quote. This is not exactly the historical quote. What we don't know. I wasn't there and neither was a historian. They didn't have tape decks back then. So he's like, I got to do it because I want more macaroni. <laughs> and so he builds the he starts to build the canal. Uh, the problem is, is it takes so many people. There's not enough slaves. And he is telling everybody that you have to uh, you have to build the canal Uh, and you're a slave. And so, uh, you know, you're a peasant. So you work for me. You're a slave. And uh, now go build the canal. Well, at the time this is happening, something else in the world is happening. Now, this is the part where you, you can look at everyone who says the United States never did anything. The United States is just a horrible place. We are just, you know what we are? We're all about slavery. That's all this country's ever done. Okay. Suez Canal. 60,000 people are slaves building this canal. Something interesting happens. It's called the Emancipation Proclamation. Ah, crap! No, I don't have slaves. I'm not going to get any macaroni. Because in Egypt, the Emancipation Proclamation, as it did all around the world, shook the world. And so the 60,000 slaves that were digging the Suez Canal also were freed. In fact, the 20 million slaves in uh, they were called serfs in uh, Russia they were also freed because of the Emancipation Proclamation at the time but I digress back to the fat kid with macaroni. So they build the uh, uh, they build the uh, the canal and all kinds of stuff is happening uh, all around the world at this time uh, there we are building all kinds of stuff I mean it's in the 1860s and so you're, You're looking at um, uh, you're looking at the the building of some of the the greatest uh, things in the world. The greatest construction we're building canals, we're building tunnels, we're building bridges, everything around the world. Suez Canal is uh, is dug and now it has to be opened, and they have the big opening ceremony. And a guy comes and he's like, "I've got an idea." Uh, maybe uh, for the opening, I unveil a big statue for you eh? and uh, put it uh, put it right here at the opening of the canal. It's going to be based on the Colossus of Rhodes and uh, like, I, don't, I, don't, I like macaroni. So they don't build the statue. Instead, they build the statue, a 35 foot tall statue of the guy who snuck the fat kid macaroni. And that was sitting at the opening of the Suez Canal until uh, until the uh, Egyptians uh, took it from the uh, British in what, 18 or 1950s, and they blew up that statue. But that guy was Bertoli. That guy was rejected for that statue, and he went on to build the Statue of Liberty. It was originally made for the opening of the Suez Canal. Now, the reason why I'm stopping here is because that was unveiled on the opening of the Suez Canal, the small little statue of the macaroni guy. And (laughs) that's his official name or? This is if, if history were taught like this, every kid would know history. They, well, they would know the macaroni guy. They would know the macaroni guy. They'd get the gist of the story. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then all of the kings and queens and everybody from all over the world, they're on a barge and they're all going to go down the Suez Canal. And what happens? A boat gets stuck right before the opening. A boat gets lodged sideways, exactly like what's happening right now. And so, what did they do? They blew it up. I'm just saying, <laughs> little toot ain't gonna get the job done. Blow it up. <laughs> and that is the story of the Suez Canal. <laughs> yeah, kind of.
2: Na, 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 na.